0: The Bear Down Report podcast featuring Mike Page, Logan Brandt, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle.
1: Bear Down Report.
0: All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report podcast. Today, we are going to be breaking down wide receivers This is the eighth out of nine position groups, and today I am joined by two guests, not just one this time. We've got two guests, but it's going to be a little bit different. Jack Wright is going to be a guest on the show, not co-hosting with me. Jack, what's it like to be on the other side of this whole thing?
2: It's surreal. I think uh, I've grown accustomed to being uh, the one that's asking the questions and doing a lot of listening, so I'm going to do my best and hope that it's not the Hindenburg. (laughs) <laughs> Here we go. Absolutely.
0: All right. And then our second guest is a good friend of ours. Um and uh just a just a, a good football mind, Nick Salerno. Nick, thank you so much for being a part of the Bear Down Report Podcast.
1: My pleasure.
0: All right, folks. If you are thinking about buying or selling a home this year in the Chicagoland area, we've talked about it relentlessly, but you gotta give my guy, Jeff Cadwallader, a call. Jeff is the absolute best. This is not just a line, not just a script that I'm reading right now. Jeff is a wonderful, wonderful guy. I know there are so many realtors that are out there and there are so many opportunities, uh, people that, that are looking to help you. And if you're thinking about it, You've got to give my guy, Jeff, a call. You can visit GenevaJeff.com or you can give Jeff a call at 630-254-4734. You can give him a call. You can give him a text. He loves talking. Every single person I introduce to Jeff, they always say the same thing. Man, that is a great guy. Jeff will bend over backwards to help you in the buying or selling of your home. He's the absolute best. Got to give him a call. 630 254 4734 give him a call give him a text talk talk to jeff today as soon as you possibly can all right so gentlemen we are talking about the wide receiver position this is the eight out of nine position groups we got one left to go we've had some really really good ones our last one jj stankovitz formerly of nbc sports chicago and currently on the house of l podcast fantastic episode if you haven't heard that one yet folks please go ahead and give it a listen Unbelievable stuff! Just great breakdowns. It elevated the podcast quite a bit. It was great. So, Nick, I'm going to come to you first with this one. Would you talk to us a little bit about your football background, uh, where you're coming coming from, and you know where you're at currently?
1: Uh, no. So, um, thank you again for having me. I, I appreciate it. Uh, my background: I've played a couple years at the collegiate level. I was fortunate enough to uh, extend my career beyond high school. Um, Right now, I've been coaching at the high school level for the last 15, 16 years, uh, and just giving back to the community that kind of made me, you know, the football community in its own right, and uh, trying to help young men develop into that, young men. Hey, Jack,
0: what about you? So, so you being a guest on the show, I mean, we talked about it, it was part of the first episodes, but you actually played wide receiver in, in college. Would you, would you kind of talk us through a little bit
2: of your, your playing career? Absolutely. I, I transitioned. I played running back in high school. And after a couple of injuries my freshman year, they decided that they would move me to a slot receiver because they were going to adopt a new type of offense. So once I went to the slot, I stayed there all the way through until my senior year and also um, uh, returned to kickoffs, which actually was one of my favorite things to do on all of the earth. After I graduated from Knox, uh, I went directly into coaching Uh, And I coached uh, for 18 years, all sides of the ball, uh, you know, but offense has, I think, always been my first love. And so that that means I've coached wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, you know, tight end offensive line. I even had the great pleasure of uh, coaching a a young Nick Salerno at one point. So that was a great, uh, great pleasure. Tough kid, worked his way to the top. And I mean that, he really did. Yeah, Nick,
1: what's it like being on a podcast with your old coach? You know, having had to go through this experience with uh, multiple others, um, it's not quite as odd as it used to be, being the young guy, seeing the guys that you admire and appreciate. Uh, you kind of see them as almost a peer nowadays, having been a part of the, their side of the ball, if you will, for so long.
0: Absolutely. You
1: know, one of the things I I think,
0: uh, folks, if you haven't gone on to BeardownReport.com to check out uh, Jack's breakdowns of film, he's so good at it. And obviously, he's got that football mind. So if if you get a chance, please make sure you check that out. Uh, You can also follow him uh, on Twitter at Wright. BDR, that's J-W-R-I-G-H-T, B-D-R. Uh, and he's a great follow, folks. Got to get after that. So Nick, I want to come back to you with this one. You know, 2021 Chicago Bears offseason. I'm wondering if you've had a chance to kind of look and if there's any kind of thoughts that you would be willing to share that you've kind of been thinking about in this early parts of the offseason.
1: From what I notice, they haven't done a whole lot. Um, the one thing that I wish they would do is sign what seemingly was the only playmaker that they had on the offense, at least someone that uh, can consistently help the team out when need be. They were always able to call his number, and he was generally able to step up.
0: Yeah, Allen Robinson is, is a huge part of this offense, and we actually talked just briefly about it when J.J. Stankiewicz was on. Jack, is there anything that, that we haven't talked about, you and I, quite a bit about the offseason, maybe any new revelations that, you're, that you've had or, or just maybe something about that conversation with J.J. Stankiewicz that's really kind of stuck in your head about this offseason?
2: You know, I think the fact that the franchise tag eligibility came up for A-Rob today is of major importance, there's a ton of questions in the air, especially when it comes to not only him and his future. I saw the other day that there had been no negotiations whatsoever with A-Rob. I believe since September, there seemed to be quite a bit, quite a bit of angsty kind of back, you know, back and forth. Actually, not back and forth, just Nuggets drop by A-Rob every once in a while. Can't imagine the relationship is very good. I can't imagine he'd love being franchise tagged. I also can't imagine that he's in a position where the bears would want to pay him a lot of money. He's 27. He's I think we have decided he is a number one receiver. There's no doubt about that. Maybe not in terms of like a, a D hop or some of the other ultra high tier wide receivers. But to me, that, that, that's the biggest, in terms of wide receivers, especially that's the biggest question mark because from there, everything shifts or doesn't shift depending on what they decide.
0: I definitely want to come back to the Allen Robinson conversation just a little bit later. We'll throw in some of his stats, some of the things that he's done, but Jack, I want to come right back to you with this one. The idea of the the 2020 Chicago bears, the wide receiver position, how would you kind of rate the play of the wide
2: receivers in 2020? Great question. I think I would put it at somewhere around a C, you know, I think, what brings the average up is, is, is A-Rob. He's a clutch receiver. He proved himself, as we've talked previously, to be a go-to receiver at the end of games when you need him to catch the ball. He'll take it across the middle on a slant and in traffic if he needs to. And the thing that I thought really stood out about him towards the end was he started getting yak yards. You know, even watching the games with my my boys who are in high school, we were all kind of shocked. All of a sudden, he wasn't – it looked like for most of the season, he'd catch a ball and his legs would just go completely dead. I don't know if it's because he knew he was going to be up for free agency or because he felt he was leading the team. I'm not sure what it was. But all of a sudden, dude's making, like, moves after the catch. And then it's just brought down, sadly, you know. I mean, obviously Darnell brings, Darnell Mooney brings the average up. And he's a wonderful surprise that, you know, was – was drafted, I believe, in the fifth round. His speed is phenomenal. His route running is excellent. Terrific hands, playmaker. But then, you you know, you've got the disappointments of Anthony Miller and Wims, for instance. And I just think Anthony Miller especially is one of those – Nick can speak to this too. The amount of athletes that you have that have talent that's off the charts but can't seem to put it together for some reason, to me, that's Anthony Miller. Uh, And it's frustrating, you know, to, to watch him either not be clutch or act out as he did, you know, later in the year, you know, so I think also if we look at the comprehensive stats of the the unit itself, it really doesn't warrant anything higher than a C. Nick, what about you?
0: Same question. How would you rate the overall play of the Chicago Bears wide receivers in 2020?
1: You know, I have to agree with Jack, but I'm actually going to go a little higher, you know as high as the C-plus, B-minus, kind of somewhere in that range. Uh, And my opinion on that isn't so much their play. I I like the way that they played it. Again, I had to do a little stat check uh, earlier. I mean, they had the top three receivers, receivers, granted most of it was A-Rob, had 2,000 yards. They had 200 catches. And they had a combination, I think it was somewhere – 12 to 14 touchdowns, you know, over half of what our quarterback through or quarterback production actually was. So, in that sense, you know, from a statistical standpoint, they did their job compared to the rest of the team. You know, I understand that they're not the big names that some teams have. They have not just a one, but a two and a three that probably could be a two as well. But I, I like the young upside of the team. I like Anthony Miller for what he showed last year. And I I could be completely wrong. Again, most of the games I watched this year were from fandom. Uh, Anthony Miller, was he hurt this year at all? Some, Some struggling, nagging injuries?
0: I don't know if he was injured, but I know that he was definitely plagued with the drops uh, for a bit and i think you know you lose the the confidence of your quarterback when it when it comes to that point you know looking at anthony miller 485 yards but most of that nick to your point was coming at the earlier parts of the season you know i know that when nick foles first came in at quarterback it sure seemed like Anthony Miller was going to be one of the guys that was going to strongly benefit from it. But then as the season went on, just that, that, those numbers kind of dropped pretty dramatically. And then we saw the rise of, of Darnell Mooney. Now let's, let's, let's go to, let's talk about Darnell Mooney for, for just a second here. As a rookie, 61 receptions, which sets the Chicago Bears record for receptions for a rookie, 631 yards, four touchdowns, and everybody saw it, that 53-yarder that he caught against Green Bay, man, that was a great ball by Mitch Trubisky and a significantly better catch by Darnell Mooney. Nick, I want to come to you with this one What is the ceiling
1: for Darnell Mooney? How good can this kid be? Again, I think it comes back to the coaching and the scheme and the talent around him. Receiver is only as good as his quarterback, and the quarterback is only as good as the offensive line. Everything truly has to work in unison. You know, I love his top end speed in order to stretch the defense. I think he has the ability to do some slash kind of stuff in terms of going. Uh, Through the middle of the defense, I just don't know how much wear and tear he can take over the course of a career. Um, Not to say that he can't, but if you look at a Tyree kill, he is also almost 200 pounds. So Darnell Mooney, I think, is a solid two, you know, his type of play at this moment in time. But, you know, throughout the NFL, you kind of see that these type of players just generally become a solid three and that they're able to extend their career by being that quick receiver, doing special teams, you know, and doing the things that they need to do to stay on an NFL roster. And that's kind of where I see him. Top end speed is great right now. We haven't had anyone to connect with him, which is terrible, but he does all the intangibles that you need for a rookie right now. And he was able to benefit from the offensive scheme, a couple of injuries because essentially took Tariq Cohen's, kind of athletic spectrum and, and that was his job that he fulfilled his role that they needed and he did a great job at it
0: jack i want to come to you pre- pretty much the same question you know uh let's just say for a second that alan robinson doesn't come back i mean do you ever see darnell mooney as as a as a number one wide wide receiver or you know is it kind of what nick just talked about that that he's a number two or number three at best
2: It's a great question. I think it's too early to tell. I do have concerns as Nick mentioned about his longevity in terms of his size and strength. He's tough. You know, we saw that he's willing to take a hit, but I think there are certain individuals who learn how to take hits in the NFL that don't turn into injury, you know, long-term injuries, you know, so the, the numbers are phenomenal 4.3840. I mean, dude's fast. <laughs> He's super fast. And what was really interesting is when he was coming out of the combine, it wasn't his speed that was being talked about the most. It was his route running. So, I mean, I think we get kind of excited about this one because we're Nick and I are wide receivers and two because we just haven't had many dudes that are like this. So, so, so someone that can run a 43840 and is a good route runner. And that was proven, I think, because you saw him gain separation quite frequently so what that means is that not only does he have the speed and um, the the appropriate route running but he seemed n- to know the offense and was making the correct choices you know when there are choice routes based on the coverage that he was seeing and even though we don't have you know the best of quarterbacks establish some sort of a rapport with the quarterbacks that were there to put all of that together, which, you know, as we can talk about, you know, however much we want, that's not easy. There's a lot of intangibles there, you know, and I guess the only other thing I would say is he was second in the team in targets, you know, with 98, Uh, A-Rob had 151 yards after the catch, you know, really impressive 338, uh, one of the highest on the teams only fumbled once. Um, And, you know, He had the longest play from scrimmage as a wide receiver, which is something, you know, you know, Ryan, you know me, I've been talking and and talking about going over the top and throwing it deep and every other team in the NFL every Sunday throws a deep ball on their 70, 80 yard touchdown passes. He went 53, but for the Bears, that's like 153.
0: I think the thing that has most impressed me, Jack, is what you talked about, his route running. And especially after he makes that catch, that getting those yak yards that, that you talk about quite a bit, he just seems to have a nose for where is that first down marker. And even if I can't get to it, I'm going to do everything I can to get as close as I possibly can to it. I think that's the thing that excites me most about, about his future with this team. I, I don't think he'll be a number one wide receiver. I just, as Nick talked about, I don't think he has the physique for it. I think you need a bigger, uh, stronger guy to do it. But I also think that he's, he's going to give it a shot. I think he's going to give you everything that he has. And, you know, thinking about that Green Bay game where he basically laid himself out to say, hey, I'm going to make a play for my team. It was really fun to watch. Now, I want to go back to what, what we've talked about a little bit earlier. And Jack, I'm going to come to you with this one first. Allen Robinson, 102 receptions, 1,250 yards, six touchdowns over the last three seasons with the Chicago bears. He has had 3,151 yards and 17 touchdowns. Why haven't they paid Allen Robinson? Why isn't he uh, wearing a bears uniform for at least the next three years as it sits today, as we're recording this podcast.
2: Excellent question. And I mean, I, I really do think it's about the stage in his career that he is at and the position that the Bears are in in terms of the cap and having to make a decision, you know, what's the price tag going to be on an a rob I mean, it's going to be pretty darn high. I've seen sources that say that, you know, it could be as much as, you know, $20 million on the market. I just don't think they're going to – they're not going to want to do that. You know, um, maybe if he were younger, maybe if the, the offense was in a different position from where it is now, I'm not saying it's the right choice. I'm not even saying I necessarily agree with the rationale that I'm throwing down right now, because we all know that if they decide not to franchise tag him or um, sign him to a new contract, then the question marks are endless. We, we don't know who's going to be in that wide receiver room and that's difficult, but it's, you know, I think your point is an excellent one and the stats are, are important, right? Because he has proven himself to be consistent. I don't think he's he's not sexy. He's not flashy. He's not going to, you know, take the, the top off the defense, you know, so he's not going to catch your eye in any of those particular ways. And quite honestly, it took me a while to, to warm up to him as a wide receiver. I often thought he'd be a two on most teams. I still might be right about that. But He's the best we've got right now.
0: Nick, what about you? Why do you think the Bears haven't paid Allen Robinson yet?
1: Honestly, total fandom here because they're cheap. They're traditionally cheap. They don't pay people, right? You know you know the old saying, good businessman doesn't give out money. I mean, they've only paid a couple big contracts in the last couple decades. Jay Cutler making the trade in Khalil Mack. I can't really say a a few others that they have had that stuck out where, you know, you look at some of these teams that are uh, consistently winning and, you know, this year's Super Bowl champs, guess what they did? They went out and they paid their players. It makes it a a destination that people and players want to go to because they know they're going to get taken care of. They know that their window in the NFL is so small that they need to make what they can as fast as they can. Otherwise, it's a true gamble on your career. You just don't know what's going to happen. So, and the only way that they can bet on themselves is for what they did in the now and get paid for the now, not for the future. So, I, that's what I, I think. I think they're just stingy.
0: I hate to agree with you, but it, but it sure sounds like, like you, you might be kind of spot on with that. That they have paid kind of their role guys but not necessarily their starters other than khalil Mack. uh and and it's frustrating i really like alan robinson and i have this sneaking suspicion and i hope with all of my heart that i am wrong but i get the sneaking suspicion that we will see alan robinson in the nfc north in 2021 whether that be for the chicago bears or another team potentially a team up north and that just that that absolutely terrifies me to to think about facing that guy several times a year when he is even more motivated than
2: he currently is is there another guy in the on the franchise tag list for the bears or is this going to be a moot conversation do you think do do you think they're they're going to franchise tag him I I know people threw around
0: the idea of Mitch Trubisky. They're not franchise tagging Mitch Trubisky. That's not going to happen. That dude is not coming back here uh, unless he has absolutely no other choice, which – even still, I don't think he wants to come back. JJ Stankovitz talked about it in our last episode, and I totally agree with him. I, it, and, and Nick, I think you know you, you kind of talked about it before we got on the podcast. They don't they don't have the money for that to to, to kind of put it on him. It's it's Allen Robinson or nobody, and I just don't understand why that contract wasn't signed earlier this year when he might've given you a slight hometown discount at this point, he's angry and he's motivated. No, I want to get paid. And honestly, I I can't say that I blame him. Gentlemen, I want to shift gears just a little bit and talk about the other wide receivers that were a part of this team. And we kind of talked a little bit about him, Anthony Miller, like we said, 485 yards Uh, after that, it's pretty, pretty uh, just, Awful. I don't know how else to say it. I wanted to be nice and polite, but but I can't. Javon Wims, forty-eight yards, and Riley Ridley, thirty-nine yards. I mean, that might be a byproduct of the quarterback situation, but but Nick, I'm I'm curious. Any thoughts on Javon Wims, Anthony Miller, or Riley Ridley that that maybe
1: we haven't talked about thus far? You know, going back to when we were talking about Anthony Miller previously. I still like him. He had a great rookie year. He came out hot. Who's to say that, you know, maybe it's just a small regression, right? I, maybe they, because I love the Bears position coach. I follow him. I look at his videos. I even try to emulate some of his, his techniques and drills. Mike Fury is a intelligent, intelligent person. I mean, even if you look back at his career, he played not only receiver, but he also played defensive back in the NFL. I mean, you have to be a special talent. In order to do that, and be incredibly smart to know both sides of the ball, so I think maybe it just needs a little more development. You know, a young player having dealt with it at the high school, if they have some downfalls, they might have some doubts about themselves for a little bit, and then they get in their own head. Maybe that was a scenario. He just maybe this year got his own head, or maybe a, a small tweak or injury, you know, lingered. Uh, the other two guys, you know, again, this goes back to the team in general because they don't want to pay anyone. Everyone is young. The turnover happens so often. I feel like the Bears are a restaurant industry. Turnover happens way too quickly. There's no longevity. They don't keep in-house people, right? You look up north to Green Bay. They have people there for several years consistently, or the Patriots back in the day. They had that team together forever, which is why they have Dynasty in their own right, and they probably paid them a little. But those young guys, they I mean, they need to mature. They need to develop. And, again, going back to the NFL and it's a, in its general sense, you don't see a whole lot of fours and fives to get a ton of playing time, right? Typically you see three, and you got a solid tight end that you want to throw out there. And, you know, the Bears this year, they had two tight ends for jump ball scenarios. I mean, they drafted a, t- a young tight end in the second round, right? And then you signed one who Jimmy Graham previously was a stud. So now you got your five wide with two jump ball guys at tight end, a third one in Allen Robinson, and a couple quicker guys in the middle. So you pick and choose. And then David Montgomery's a solid back out of the out – or solid running back from the backfield to catch the ball as well. So, yeah, they need to mature, you know, probably progress a little bit in their own right. But you had so many other options that were probably better And more viable than those two, which is probably why they didn't get a whole lot of field time besides maybe special teams. Jack,
2: what about you? Same question. Yeah, I think Nick made some great points, and especially the last point that you made, Nick, about who it is that gets targets and who it is that doesn't get targets. And, you know, just to to kind of roll off your points just a little bit, if you look at, you know, Graham, Montgomery, and Komet you're looking at you know Graham with eight touchdowns Montgomery with two and Komet with two there's there's 12 of your 26 touchdowns on the year so real quick on on David Montgomery and I know we all know he's a running back obviously but I think in today's NFL talking about your running backs catching ability is it's imperative because Every team in the league is looking for a running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield. And Montgomery's proven his ability to do that. Uh, I mean, he's fifth on the team in targets, for instance. Um, And just last year, he had 438 yards. He He leads the team in yards after the catch. So to be able to hand him the ball off in the backfield and once the offensive line started to gel a little bit, he can make some hay from there. But also to be able to drop off to him um, is to utilize him in, in, in two facets that are, are crucial to offensive success. For him to be a wide receiver, uh, you know, out of the backfield is, is big. You know, and in fact, maybe even when I graded, maybe I, I should have considered that. I, I can see what they see in, um, in, in wins. You know, even going back to two years ago, uh, you know, I was talk about when, when, you know, my family went to, went to Bears camp and he's big, he's rangy and he's fast and he makes outstanding catches. He's actually the guy at camp that makes the catch that everybody, you know, whoa, like, oohs, come out. He made a catch in the end zone. And again, this is two years ago. That was really good. And I. there have been times I think we would all agree that he's shown flashes you know, in games that have been excellent. Now, you know, the, the fight, ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. And the drop <laughs> was something that Bears fans may never forget. He wasn't targeted a ton um, this particular year. You know, I, I mean, I'm trying to maybe try to squeeze some water out of a stone here. But because after that top tier, I, I do think it's difficult to, to really, you know, take a look at anybody that has any great impact on, uh, uh, on the offense.
0: I got to say, if Javon Wims is still on this team, I, Jack, I totally understand what you're saying. And I I think you're, you're being really complimentary. He's got the skill set, but if you throw a punch in the middle of a game, uh, and then you drop a surefire touchdown in one of the, probably the best play calls of Matt Nagy's career, one of the best throws of Mitch Trubisky's career I, I just don't, you know, second. He got his second chance and, and I think he, he dropped it. He, he let the ball go. Uh, Riley Ridley no, is one thing. He's,
2: he's a 6'4, 219 pound wide receiver. You know, out of Georgia, great program, you know, and drafted in, in the seventh round by the Bears. And then maybe that goes back to what Nick was talking about about developing players. We've discussed that a ton. And the extent to which I think most of us think that they don't do a a terribly good job at that. I agree with Nick. uh, You know, Fury, he's, he's dynamite. He is energy personified at camp and on the sidelines. You can tell he has a ton of respect, Um, but it it maybe would have been nice to see him to to develop a little bit more. I don't think you're wrong, Ren.
1: To jump on that, you said Wims was such a big body, right? What about Cordell Patterson? He was drafted in the first round, right? You're talking about the same player, but someone that does more in the sense of a team aspect. So, so what's the difference? Why why keep him, right? If you got a big body for a big body and you got speed for speed, but one is an all pro special teamer, why keep the guy that throws a punch? I mean, it sounds like he was a seventh round draft pick, rolled the dice. Let's see what happens. If not, see ya. I mean, they're the same body for doing the same thing.
2: Well, I guess the difference is that they're not really throwing the ball to Cordero anymore. Your point is it's a good one, no doubt about it, Nick, but if we're talking about big bodies to throw the ball to, I mean, I think that, you know, Patterson has proven that he's not that guy. He's, he's special teams kick returner first. I think he's a better running back than he is a wide receiver You know, and and again, listen, I'm not trying to make a huge case for for Wims. I'm just looking at the guys that they have on their roster, you know, and and seeing what they have. You know, if Miller stays and Wims stays, I I guess probably they won't keep them both, right? One of those two is going to go. And I would think they would probably keep Miller if they were going to keep one of those two.
0: You know, I, I would be fine if both of them walked away and, 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 or not walked away, but were shown the door and you take another flyer on a sixth or seventh round pick, exactly what kind of Nick is talking about. I don't think either player is worth the trouble that they have caused uh, with with the the fights that have gone on and other things like that. If you're trying to build culture, you know, you, you need, sure, you need good players, but you also need players that aren't going to punch someone who is wearing a helmet. I just, I can't, uh, let's move on. All right, 2021, new year. Gentlemen, I'm curious, moves that you'd like to see, whether it be a trade, someone you'd like to see draft or maybe a free agent. Nick, I wanna start with you. Anybody in mind that you'd kind of like to see the Bears make a move for in some capacity?
1: You know what, it all starts with the big boys. I, if they're going to do anything, I'd love to go see them sign some offensive linemen, right? As we saw towards the end of the year, a line finally gelled. They had some injuries, but they finally gelled it. And when the run game started to go, the offense started to go. When the offense started to go, the team started to go because the defense was no longer on the field. So if they can get a couple signees or draw some people in, not some people at the back end of their career, but, you know, they might have to pay a guy. You know, I saw a couple big names out there. I saw a Brandon Sheriff, who was a monster at, Illinois, or at Iowa and a monster at Washington. I mean, there's some guys out there that if they truly want to, to get, rather than, like, the guys on the back end of the career, on their third contract, they're available. I'm sure they might go look the cheaper route and draft, but you're also having to develop those guys, get them stronger, get them up to NFL speed. These are proven guys, proven guys that can help your team now, and I think that that's that makes a huge difference, you know, in in what they can do and how they facilitate in their team management and team philosophy. They need linemen, offensive linemen. It, they get a couple more, I think the team is more balanced, if you will, in the sense of. You'll keep the defense off the field, the offense on the field, your run game's a little stronger. Now your play action pass, you can hit your deep shot. You know, so many things happen for the better if their offensive line is more solidified than it has been the last few years. If they bring in a tackle, whether that be
0: drafted or free agent, whatever it might be, uh, that could really help solve a lot of problems on the offense. Exactly what Nick is, is talking about. I mean, they need offensive line help. And it, it is the, the fuel that, that feeds the fire that gets everything else going. And we saw what Nick Foles did behind a patchwork offensive line he was abysmal at times. And so was Mitch. And, you know, you, you put a quarterback that, that may be serviceable behind a significantly better line. He's going to look better with time. And then those wide receivers can start catching some, some better balls. So, so Jack, what about you? What are your kind of thoughts? Is there a name out there, a a trade, uh, a draft or a free agent that, that you'd like to see come to the bears next year?
2: That's a great question. I just wanted to mention too just briefly that both Miller and Wims are locked up until 2022. Now Wims' contract is is almost nothing uh, and Miller's about you know a little bit over two million so I'm not sure how much that factors into their decision going forward. So I'm not sure if it just completely undermines all of the limited credibility that I have if I use a fantasy uh, football you know comparison but It's actually a fantasy baseball comparison or rule of mine. And the rule that I have is, is don't draft hurt players. And as I kind of peruse the, you know, free agent market, if, if A-Rob is on the top, you're looking at some top tier receivers that no doubt are talented, but are going to cost about the same as A-Rob and are frequently hurt. Uh, Chris Godwin, frequently hurt Kenny Galladay you know we talked about it before you know we we went on air and I think likely Detroit's gonna gonna lock him up Will Fuller Notre Dame so of course I love him and super fast but hurt and in trouble uh maybe somewhere around 16.9 million I don't know what's going on with Juju Schuster Smith uh you know he's declined so fast uh I personally don't have a ton of interest in him. You know, so there's a ton of people. And again, this is so dependent on the direction that the Bears go. And they're in such a uncomfortable position. I'm just looking, if you want somebody that's dependable, if they're going to keep, um, you know, uh, Kenny Galladay in Detroit, they're probably going to let Marvin Jones walk. Now, I mean, he, he's 30. I get it. But in terms of, you know, games played and consistency and dependability, he has proven himself very good. And when when Galladay was hurt this past year, dude had some big games uh, and came through, I thought, for Detroit in a big way. So, you know, I'm not thinking wish list guys, I suppose, because wish list guys would be, you know, and talking about what Nick was talking about, I'd love to see him go out and get one of those big-name players. I think that would be exciting and fun. And even if they didn't miss a few games because they were hurt, I would still be jacked because they went out and they paid some money on a top-tier wide receiver. It's, you know, it's weird, right? Your, your answers are you know all kind of filtered through a Bears lens almost. So I don't think many people would be like, yes, Marvin Jones. But given the factors that I mentioned, that's where I would go.
1: But to counterreact you, Jack, it's almost uh, an opposite thought to what you had to A-Rob, though, right? You talked about an age as a spectrum in terms of paying people. Unless their contracts were half the price of what you'd pay A-Rob, what, why not keep the younger guy that's been more productive?
2: It is a great point. I think they're looking at somewhere around $10 million for Marvin Jones because of his age, I think, in the time that he spent in the league. So it would be half price in that particular instance. 27-year-old A-Rob – 30-year-old Marvin Jones, you know, uh, Jones went 115 targets, 76 receptions, 978 yards, and check this, nine toddies.
1: But they're also a pass-happy offense. If you look at Stafford's numbers yes. over the last several years, yes. he's a 4,000-yard quarterback, which is why the Rams paid such a heavy, yes. heavy price to pick him up and get him. You know, guys, for, for me uh,
0: – it's Allen Robinson is, is first and foremost choice. He, he, he knows Chicago. He knows this uh, offense as dysfunctional as it has been. He consistently makes catches. And if it's not him, if they could find a way to get Kenny Galladay. I am, uh, as a lot of you guys know, an NIU alum. I still follow the team pretty closely. And there were a few years there, uh, two to be exact, where NIU's offense was run the ball, throw to Kenny Galladay, throw to Kenny Galladay, run a ball, throw to Kenny Galladay. And he consistently made the same catches that you're seeing in Detroit, Jack, that you were talking about. Um, And so it would just, would be cool to see him, come back home uh, but I just don't I don't see it happening so we'll we'll see what happens in this offseason we'll see if in fact Allen Robinson does get that franchise tag and then if the Bears do the right thing and, and and give him the money that he deserves to be paid now Nick I know this is your first time on the podcast and this comes to our absolute favorite segment for all of our first time guests unpopular opinion our last guest JJ Stankovitz just, just flat out said deep dish pizza sucks, and I'm still reeling from it because I couldn't disagree with him more. I am a big deep dish pizza fan. All of our friends uh, from across the pond and over in Australia, if you guys are listening, deep dish pizza doesn't suck. JJ's wrong. Uh, Matt Lacoste, New England Patriots tight end, uh, doesn't like cheese. Rob Kirkland said that Portillo's is overrated. Uh, man, Tom Rossi, my buddy who talked about defensive line, said that the Beatles are slightly overrated. People are like, You hate the Beatles? He said, No, 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 they're slightly overrated. So, so Nick, I've got to ask, what is your unpopular opinion?
1: So, Ryan, my unpopular opinion, I stuck with the uh, staying with the Bears, so I caught off a little off guard about the array of topics that others happen to choose. So, I'll stick with what my thought train of thought was. My unpopular opinion was that the Bears should bring back Mitch Trubisky. But hear me out. They need to do it at a discount and make it a performance contract. If they're doing everything that I've been talking about through the entire length of the podcast, if they get an offensive line, he's good with protection and he's got some guys that he can throw to. So now he can be productive. It's not all on him. If the run game is going play action, he's not too bad at. And if you get him on the run at just a touch, maybe just half move in the pocket and move it just a touch. You know, it's something that we like to do with our younger guys in high school. You eliminate half the field because they physically move their bodies. So they they have tunnel vision. They keep, you get them to look at what you want them to look at rather than too much. It's not a sensory overload until you can continue to develop them. So again, my unpopular opinion is bring Mitch back on a performance contract, get some offensive linemen, pay them. And I think you've got the recipe to another playoff winning team. You know, he's not bad. He showed that he can play, but they really haven't supported him around him, whether it's with a consistent quarterback coach or as we all know, and I keep saying it, the offensive line makes everything go. You know, if you don't have time to throw, and the guy's not a pocket passer, I mean, that's not his forte. His forte is having the option to run and being a threat. Not actually running, but being an option. Because that that puts so much strain on a defense, for say a zone read. I mean, there's guys out there that, that do that. And, and, you know, look at Cam Newton. He wasn't on a great team, but... He was still getting 40, 50 yards a game. You do that with a better offensive line and a better system? I mean, you talk about an explosive offense. And if pocket collapses, he has an ability to escape, complete a throw, or get a throw off, I should say, a la Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl when both his tackles went down. Different uh, type of athlete, but, you know, you can get a poor man version of him.
2: So Nick, you make great points. It is is Matt Nagy gonna resign then or because I mean ultimately all of what you said, which is true and I agree with, is flushed if if Matt Nagy continues to handle Mitch and continues to call plays. He he he's it's the craziest thing, right? He is the number one encumbrance to Mitch's Success. And it was so obvious when the play calling got switched over. I mean, we talk about it all the time as, as, as a former coach and a coach, your job is to put people in a position to feel good about themselves and be successful. And boy, it, Matt has just proven he, he has an inability to do that, especially when it comes to, to Mitch.
0: I agree with everything that Nick said. 100 percent i everybody knows i'm a mitch guy i'm a mitch cheerleader i'm in the mitch fan club but i'm gonna say this i don't want mitch to come back anymore because of matt Nagy. i I don't think that he's going to give him the best opportunity to succeed I'd, i'd like to see him get a get a shot somewhere else because i like mitch trubisky the 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 guy i we've talked about it endlessly on the show. And so I'll just say this, like he's done charity work. He's worked hard. He's done everything that has ever been asked of him. And it just it was never reciprocated. Now I know JJ talked about it a little bit in our last episode, which is that, you know, he's got a, he's got a ceiling for sure. And, and we've probably seen that at some point. Um, but I think Nick, to your point, it was, Hey, if we've got all these other pieces together, why go out and spend big money on a quarterback when we can win with this guy? Maybe it's not flashy. Maybe it's not sexy, but we can still make it do- get it done. All right. Uh, as we finish up here, Nick, I'm curious, any shout outs, anybody that might be listening to the podcast that you might like to give a shout out to, uh,
1: you know, besides the obvious, I'd like to give a shout out to my beautiful and wonderful fiance and future wife. Uh, I'd also like to give a shout out to all my former coaches. Um, again, because they are who, they are the people that made me and who I am today and I wouldn't be who I am without them. So I appreciate them for giving me the love of football in my life.
2: I wanted to shout out really quickly because it's, it, it's all from my alma my mater Knox College. My, my great friends, uh, Mike Smith and Joe Metzka were inducted into the Knox College Athletic Hall of Fame this past, uh, this past week. Um, and, and Joe Metzka was an all-American kicker uh, and uh, just an all-around great guy but mike smith specifically real quick story he mike smith finished his basketball team or his basketball season at knox practiced twice track and field two track and field practices and then proceeded to break the indoor triple jump record for knox college and he he, he's just a phenomenal athlete uh, and a great friend and he also mentioned uh when he was accepting his award my wide receivers coach in college, who taught me how to break down film, uh, who has since passed. But I'd also like to shout out to Coach Hyman. I wish he was still with us. Man, congratulations
0: to Joe and Mike. That's that's awesome to, to get that kind of accomplishment at, at your college. I just I think that's really, really neat. Uh, obviously we we talked about him a lot today. We just we were th- so thrilled with that last episode. My my shout out has to go to JJ Stankovitz. Uh, man, Bears fandom. That was a huge loss. And he dropped a bomb on all of us to say that he is not gonna be continuing as a sports writer, which just it literally, I, w- I was stunned as, as we were hearing it. And it's just Bears fans are really going to miss not having him around. And I know he said that there's a lot of really good people out there. And that is absolute truth. But man, JJ, uh, without having you around, it, it, it stinks. I, I am not looking forward to um, hearing other people on podcasts who shall not be named, uh, you know, to get some of my, my Bears information that I'm listening to. For all of you who are listening to the Bear Down Report podcast, we can't thank you enough so much for sharing any of our content or visiting BeardownReport.com to check out anything that we've got going on. If you like what you're listening to, please hit subscribe. If you really like what you're listening to, we would ask that you give us a five-star review that widens our audience tremendously, and we would appreciate it greatly. Nick Salerno, thank you so much for being a guest on the Bear Down Report podcast. Jack Wright, as always, uh, it is a blast having you on. It is way more fun when you are around. And for all of you who are listening, thank you so much and Bear Down.